the title today is Victory in Jesus. And, and anyway, uh, really, I, I woke up singing that hymn in my spirit the other day, and, and it just kind of spun off from that. But I wanted to read Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And if you want to look that up in your Bibles, we can do that. And then we'll have it on the older overhead. But I'll be uh, coming out of Revelation chapter 16 uh, all day today. But I didn't want to read the whole chapter because uh, I got a lot of my heart to say. But the word says, Then I saw heaven open, and I behold, a white horse. And this is not to be confused with the Antichrist on the white horse in Revelation 6-2. We won't get into that a lot today. But but anyway, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes wars. So we're talking about Jesus here. And, And in his eyes are like a flame of fire. And his head are many diadems, in other words, crowns, and these crowns are full of jewelry. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe. You know, that's something that through this chapter, uh, we see that there's three names for Jesus. We hear the first one there that he's not, there's one that's not known, but will be revealed that we just read about. Then we're going to see here in a second that the, the, the name is the Word of God. And then the third name is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I thought that was kind of neat. And again, won't spend a lot of time on that today. But, but he, the armies of heaven... See, me back up here. I lost my place here. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And anyway, I'm going to jump up here. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule with them with a rod of iron. He will trend the winepresses of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And again, Father, we ask that your blessing be upon this word today. Lord, you are the word. Father, your son is the king of kings. And and that word came to be with us. And and Father, we just again ask that you move through us today and upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen. In the introduction of Revelation that we we see in chapters 1 through 3, I'm going to kind of give you an overview. And and we discussed 1 through 3 last week, and I would challenge you to go online and watch that. But but it it talks about the rapture of the church. And Revelation 3.10 said, Because you have kept my words about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. And then we read from the scripture of 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 18, but, but we're going to read 16 through 18 today. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to see the Lord in the air. And so we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another in these words. And that's what the scriptures are talking about. Christ is coming for the church. 
Uh, he's talking about that in Revelations 1 through 3. And then we see in Revelation 4 through chapter 18 that it's talking about the, the seven years of the great tribulation. And, and that's what really blessed me on this, that Christ is coming for his church so that we don't need to endure that trial that is coming upon the whole world, that we will be with him in heaven. And so during this tribulation time, this horrible time, we will be caught up with the Lord in heaven and we'll get into some things that are going on there in a few minutes. But before we move there, I believe that professing Christians who do not have a saving relationship with Christ could be left behind. Jesus was pretty clear about this in his message to the seven churches in chapters one through three or two and three. He said to the church of Pergamum, who was caught up in sexual immorality, again, every time we talk about end times, there's that warning of sexual immorality. And sexual immorality is, 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 is any sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. And we're seeing that he's challenging Pergamon Christians because of the sexual immorality that's in the church. And he says to them, therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. And I believe, I believe he's talking about they will be left behind for that great tribulation. Those that don't repent and stay focused on the Lord. Let's move into church of Thyteria. They were dealing with the same sexual immorality, idol worship, but went to the point that he was challenging them and saying, you're being led more by Jezebel. And he said to them, behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, meaning Jezebel, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into the great tribulation unless they repent of her works. Again, he's talking to the church here. He's talking to the people of God. Repent of these works or you will be thrown into the great tribulation. And that's from Revelations 2.22. The church of Sardis was chasing the world and, and, and be honest with you, picking the world over the things God had called them to do. And, and actually, I believe they were using their spiritual gifts that God had given them to gain success in the world. And really, there's nothing wrong with that if you're using that gift first to bring success to God. And we see that with this, this church here in Sardis. And he, and he challenges them as well. And, and they're dealing with the, the sexual immorality as well. And he says to them, remember then, what you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. So we're seeing this same, the same theme all through the churches and that's to be, a, you know, it's a sign for those churches then, but it's a sign for the church today. Guys, sexual immorality is running through our churches today. And Christians are living in sexual immorality and think it's okay. Christians aren't following God and giving everything they have to God but to idol worship, worship of job, worship of this world, worship of everything but Jesus Christ. We're seeing these same things today. And I believe that if we do not walk in repentance, that we could be left behind. I'm not going to say we, I refuse to be left behind. He said to the church of Philadelphia, and I believe this is Oakton, 
But you have kept my command to remain strong in the faith no matter what happens. You, you've decided to walk in that victory. So I will keep you from the time of suffering, Revelation 3.10. The churches that were walking in faithfulness, repentance, and obedience will avoid this great tribulation. Again, I don't want to focus on that today. I want to focus in today on, on the exciting things that are to come. Revelation 19 goes on to discuss eight events that take place between the rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord. The church people not left behind will experience these awesome things. And these are things we can look forward to as believers. When Christ gets to the church, he'll present the saints before God. And it reminds me of a scripture I use in Ephesians that I challenge the man that God has called the men of the church to prepare their wives and their families so that they would be without spot or blemish. Well, that's what Christ is doing for the church. He's preparing us so that we too can be presented to God without spot or blemish. And that's an exciting thing for me. You know, you guys are off quiet today. You need to be rejoicing. But saints are going to be declared blameless according to 1 Thessalonians 3.13 and 5.23. And again, you can read about or hear more about that from last week's sermon. We'll settle in mansions, John 14, 1 through 3, Hebrews 11, 10 through 16. In other words, we will have a place with the Lord for all eternity. The judgments of the saints will come, Romans 4, 10. And, and that's the, that we'll be held accountable for everything that we've done. But again, we are sanctified, made pure in the eyes of God. This one here really hit me this morning, but, but regular worship will be going on. And you see in Revelation 9, 6, it says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. Again, I believe this is confirming the rapture of the church because there's going to be a great multitude of people worshiping God. And it's going to sound like the roar of many waters like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Man, this should fire us up. Man, if we really believe this, I, I got kind of tickled during worship today. After the first song, uh, some of you tried to clap. Some of you kind of, we wanted to worship, but we didn't. And guys, this here's, you know, I guarantee you when we're in heaven, and, and, and we see, and it comes to fulfillment, we're not going to be going. We're not. And I, I, I'd be honest with you guys, uh, this could almost be a rebuke to the church. That the church, when we worship God, we should sound like Niagara Falls. That when we're singing these songs in the morning, that, that we should be sounding like thunder. Man, we should be the, the, the worshiping God with all of our heart, soul, and mind now, but do we fathom? Do we get it? That hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty One reigns. And sometimes I don't think we get that. And that's why when we move into point one, two, and three today, those are the things that help us get that. But there will be routine living going on 
The marriage of the Lamb will happen. And in preparation for the second coming, the battle of Armageddon and the establishment of eternal government on earth. (sighs) No more Democrats, no more Republicans. Amen? Jesus is going to rule. I got a response out of that. But are we ready? Victory, point one in the Jesus starts at salvation. We can walk in victory. We can experience everything that I've just talked to you about. It's there for the taking. Salvation is victory over Satan, sin, and death. But thanks be to God, he gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5.57 tells us. We have victory over sin. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. You know, I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing we're the imperfect church. We're not. We're the victorious church. Oh, I, I get sick of that. Back in the day, was, oh, I'm in the valley. When we didn't want to change and repent and, and get under God's victory and authority. Oh, I'm just, it's just, you know, I've been suffering for God. Man, we have victory in Jesus. You know, and I'm imperfect and I realize it, so I accept where I'm at. We have victory over sin. And I'm not saying that I don't struggle with things I do, but we have victory over sin. Don't use it to be a crutch. We have victory over sickness. By his stripes we have been healed. We have victory over Satan. Submit yourself therefore to God. Get that part, submit, then resist the devil and he has to flee. He has no control over you. That's why you don't remain in the valley. That's why you don't remain imperfect. You walk in victory because of Jesus. Victory over everything you encounter in this life. Romans tells us there is nothing In all things, these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, you get that? Rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Victory. We have victory in Jesus. Yeah, bad things may have happened to us last night, but we have victory in Jesus. Yeah, this world may be ugly at times, but we can submit to the Lord and we have victory in Jesus. Jesus provides the way, the truth, and the life, the victory that we need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Jesus has our back. Christ died, or Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Romans 8, 34. Christ is in the fight with us so that we can walk in victory. You notice I said that, that Jesus and God are in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Point two, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to lead us to victory. 
You know, we sang about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity works together to accomplish the victory through salvation. God the Father had the plan of salvation and sent his Son. We can give you a hundred scriptures on that. The Son achieved the plan and died for man's sin and provided salvation. We can give you a hundred scriptures for that. The Holy Spirit on his part provided many elements to achieve that plan. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Man, God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us walk in victory. The Holy Spirit has been walking with God and Jesus from the beginning to complete the plan that God had for man. Genesis 1-2 says the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water just waiting for God to speak so he could move into action. When God speaks a plan over our life, Jesus made it possible and the Holy Spirit is hovering, waiting for God to move on our life. Really waiting for us to say, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, show that picture. I just can't get it off my mind. Norma sent me this this week about the Holy Spirit. Because that's how I feel sometimes. You know, it's, it's, you know, God, you say all this. You know, Jesus is there interceding for me and the Holy Spirit's with me. But I kind of feel like this little boy sometimes. You know what I mean? But, but the Holy Spirit is with us. And I'm not saying that it's going to feel touchy-feely all the time. Sometimes we're going to be, ah! And sometimes we're going to be going, ah! Sometimes we're going to be saying, praise God. It's going to be the ride of our life. It's going to be the most fun of our lives. And I began to think of all these Holy Spirit encounters I've had throughout my life where the Holy Spirit is waiting, hovering for me to say, God, it's time, move! Because God has the plan. Jesus has accomplished the plan, and he's waiting for us to grab it and walk in victory. And the Holy Spirit's hovering, waiting there. Kent, come on, Kent, nudging me. Come on, Kent, grab a hold of that. Grab a hold of the victory. We see Jesus did. He walked and was full of the Holy Spirit. We see the disciples walked and lived victorious, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We even see the results. You know, they, again, may have felt like that little boy on the roller coaster, but... And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accomplishing sign, accompanying signs. In other words, God had the plan. Jesus made it happen, made it possible. And the Holy Spirit followed us with signs and wonders. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit wherever he chose. Hebrews 2, 4. Guys, the church will not be complete. You will not be complete. You will not be able to walk in victory if you're not filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Again, we have Father, God, we believe in. We accept Jesus Christ, our Lord, as Savior. But the Holy Spirit is that helper, and we must accept him in our lives to move. The Holy Spirit still speaks today. A lot of people will tell you that he doesn't. But the Holy Spirit spoke to all seven churches in Revelation. This is several years after the resurrection of the Christ. And he said to the seven churches, He who has an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you know all seven churches, it says that in there one way or the other? The Spirit still speaks to the churches today. God has a plan for this church, and the Holy Spirit has been working to complete it in our lives when we say, Lord, come on, we're ready. Lord, touch us. Use your Holy Spirit to guide us. Jesus, you've accomplished these things so I can walk in victory. On 11-22-2020, the Holy Spirit spoke to Oakton. A tongue was given by Gary Dumb and interpreted by David Allen. Did I just lose everybody there? How many of you know what was said that Sunday? That's good. Here's what it is. Put it up. You already got that behind me. (laughs) My children, heed what I say unto you. Pay attention to my word and move accordingly. Open your heart to me that I may speak to you and direct you and guide your steps that you may be honorable unto me and that you may bring honor unto me and be a blessing to those about you. Would Satan tell us that? Think about it. Did we hear what the Spirit said? He's saying, heed my word. Flee from sexual immorality. Hear my word. Don't let the sun go down on you when you're angry. Hear my word. Praise the almighty God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty who was and is and is to come. Heed my word. Speak my word. Direct my word. Allow it to guide your steps. So that you can be honorable unto me, victorious unto me. That you may bring honor to me, meaning God. And so that you can be a blessing to those about you. The Spirit was saying to go save disciples send. Are we hearing? Are we hearing what the Spirit says? By the way, tongues are a sign, not for believers, but for the unbelievers. So we shouldn't worry about what people that aren't familiar with Oakton think or the unsaved think. But we need to hear what the Lord is saying. Last Sunday... The Spirit was moving tremendously in this body to the point where he was dealing with me over here to to give in and let him rule. And we stopped and allowed a time for the Holy Spirit. And if you watched us online, you didn't see anything going on for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And since then, I've asked them to continue rolling when the Spirit moves Because we saw many lives touched, many hurting people. The Lord had spoke a word to us that that we're praying for all the government. We're praying for all these things, but the Lord spoke to me. But what about my people? My people are hurting. 
He said, allow them to come and be prayed over and anoint him with the oil. Man, my flesh is like, oh, but we got to, we got to online or, you know, people got this to do or, man, we just had a good altar service and, man, a lot of people responded. They're not going to come back up again. The lines were out the back because we desire a touch of God when the Holy Spirit is moving. Most churches today have become so political, so mechanical, so materialistic that they're functioning without the Holy Spirit in their lives. Perhaps the greatest danger of the church or of ministry is trying to exist without the Holy Spirit. I think that's what's happened to this great country that we've tried to operate to be political correct, to be mechanical, materialistic, resisting the move of the Holy Spirit. We can have a lot of religious activities, but no worthwhile work will be carried out in the church, Oakton, unless it's done through the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is our power source, the source for the believer, the church. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that, that the spiritual gifts were given of wisdom, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We can jump over to Ephesians chapter 4. I don't have that in my notes, but I believe 11. You can move over and it talks about the pastor, the preacher, the missionary, but the five-fold ministry that's led by the Holy Spirit and given by the Holy Spirit. You can go over to Romans chapter 12 and again see more and there's some in Peter. But the Holy Spirit is our power source. And almost everybody I prayed with last week, and to be honest with you guys, almost the whole church responded All of you were asking for wisdom, faith, healing, a miracle in your life, a word from the Lord, prophecy, or discernment in your situation. You wanted a tongue and interpretation to tell you how to respond. We all want the Holy Spirit to move in our life, and he's hovering, waiting for us to yield to him. We have the fruits of the Spirit, the results of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control that Galatians 5 tells us about. Again, the results of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Today, if you're not joyful and you're struggling with joy, the Spirit of joy resides in the believer. Invite the Spirit to come of joy to come alive. You know, don't be repenting of patience for 20 years. The spirit of patience is in you. Uh, It's hovering, waiting to come alive. Let it operate in you.
I can go on and on with other scriptures about the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Romans talks about that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for or what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings to deep for words. And he searches our hearts, knows what is the mind of the, of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. We'll be victorious again when we receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and allow him to move in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, they're all three together in this. They're all three working to help us, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and us working together to accomplish God's plans. So I remind you as we close today that hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who has corrupted the great earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Jesus is in control. Jesus has always been in control. But up to this point of his coming for the church, he's allowing people to make their choice. He's allowing us to make our choice whether we will serve Jesus for all eternity or whether we'll serve Satan for all eternity. Christ died so that we could be with God. God desires that all of us would be saved and come into knowledge and understanding of him. But we have a choice. But Jesus is coming back for his church, and he's coming back to rule. And we pick up in chapter 19, the four living creatures that we talked about last week are still worshiping God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things. And you'll, you will, and by your will, they, will exi they existed and were created. They're going to keep worshiping God and saying that. They don't ever stop. The 24 elders in 194 they're going to begin to praise our God and all the servants who, whom you fear him and small and great, they're praising God. And again, this great multitude, the church will respond. Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of the mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah for the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has, been, has made herself ready. Are we ready today?
And we will go back at the battle of Armageddon in verse 15. Many nations will join with the Antichrist in the battle of Armageddon. The Lord with his sword that produces out of his mouth, and that symbolic will smite these nations. He will rule the entire world with a rod of iron. And it's simply meaning that he'll take control and be king of kings and lord of lords. He will not allow sin to continue any longer. He will not tolerate rebellion of any kind. He will rule the nations personally. We ought to be excited today. Praise team. Are you walking in victory today? Are you walking in victory of salvation? And again, I'm not saying you're not going to have hard times, but you can walk in victory in hard times. Actually, that's when you'll experience the Lord the most. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it today, but, but guys, we've done more in 2020 during a pandemic than what we probably have done in 2019. Because we can live victorious no matter what's going on around us. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's the number one thing. We need to do that today. But guys, I'll challenge you. I, if you're one of those that are, are a Christian and you're, you're walking in sin and you know it, and, and to be honest with you, you're proud about it, man, you need to repent. Or maybe you're a believer that you just never, never quit doing things the Lord has asked you to do. I don't want to sit here today and pick at us. I just want to make sure we're ready. And you know yourself better than anybody else. And we've already prayed over this service today that the Holy Spirit would speak to your hearts. It may be today is you need to simply yield to the Holy Spirit. Father, I've, I've, I've been saved, but I've not yielded to your spirit. Or you simply may not have yield, yielded to God's plan in your life. Maybe you're that little boy on the roller coaster. You're scared to death to step out. Whatever it may be today, Jesus is here. God is with us through the Holy Spirit wanting to touch our lives. And we can walk in victory no matter what's going on around us. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm not sure how you want the altar call to respond. So Lord, I yield to your Holy Spirit to move upon the people today. And Father, I ask that that we as a people today yield to your spirit and what you're speaking to us. And Father, that we allow it to work in our lives. Father, if it's a time of repenting, Lord, we ask that repentance takes place. Father, if it's just a simple act of submission, we ask that it takes place today. But Father, we ask that you rule and reign in our lives. And I just hope that's the heart of everybody today, Father, that you rule and reign in our lives. But Father, let us recognize that you love us so much 
that you care for us more than anything. That's why you go to these great links because you love us. So, Father, let us experience your love in all that we do in Jesus' name. Please come to these altars and come to me if you want prayer, and we'll pray for you today.